Welcome to the podcast. I'm Corey. And I'm Brian. And this is the Happy Harvest Horror Show. It is your weekly destination for all things spooky. And this week we're talking about more things spooky. Spooky things. But before we get into our fun topic, we have to. You know it. It's coming. Fun, spooky banter. (laughs) Eerie, creepy, spooky banter time. (laughs) You know it. You love it. Speaking of spooky, spooky, uh, fireworks are going outside. My window right now like just started that's fun i'm looking fireworks in november yeah i think they're it's late you know or they, mm. they just missed it by <laughs> <laughs> just missed it <laughs> Fourth is like, just missed it <laughs> Corey, how spooky was your week oh that's a good question how spooky was my week honestly i've just got i've just got more more cult things. Ooh. I've watched pretty much everything available on the Nexium cult at this point. I mean, just um, I would like uh, one PhD in cults, please, because <laughs> I put so much time uh, into this one specifically. So I've been doing that. And then also I was kind of watching some Scientology stuff, which mm-hmm. I've I've been in, like, <laughs> I was going to say, I've been in and out of Scientology. <laughs> I've dabbled a bitter uh, <laughs> No, but I, I've been in and out of learning about the cult of Scientology. And so I was watching some of like Leah Remini's stuff. And then just last night, I watched this three-part documentary series on this cult in Australia in the like 70s and 80s um, called The Family. It's uh, it was just a, a cult out of out of Australia, led by this woman. I can't even think of her name, but she's a real piece of work. I'll tell you that much. Cult leaders, <laughs> but it's it's a it's a wild one. It's yeah. So I'm just I, I a lot of a lot of thinking about cults. That's basically how spooky my week has been. <laughs> I mean, that's spooky. That's a spooky head place to be in headspace. I know. I know, I know, dude. Yeah, how spooky how spooky has your week been, Brian? Well, it's been pretty spooky. Um, yeah? <laughs> uh, actually, it has. I, I got to, I did not grow up near a drive-in movie theater growing up, and now I live near a drive-in movie theater. Oh, and, you lucky boy. Mm-hmm, which uh, is the best time to live near a drive-in movie theater because it's suddenly the only kind of movie theater <laughs> near, mm-hmm. available. And so I got to see... Blumhouse's new Freaky. And I posted on the, if you follow our Happy Harvest Horror Show Instagram, I posted on the story recommending this movie because it's so fun. It's, have you heard of this movie? Yeah. So I was actually surprised when you posted that because I saw an ad for it on Hulu and Mm -hmm. I did not think it looked good, but I trust you. I trust you. (laughs) So fun. It was, I mean, it's just a Freaky Friday. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, set up, but um, it's a, a serial killer, uh, like a Jason kind of classic legend, you know, serial killer switching bodies with a teenage girl. And it's surprisingly 
gory and like gnarly. And like, I was not expecting it. It's from the same director as Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day to You. If you haven't seen those movies, those are also very charming. I really liked them. So, I, I mean, I, th- I thought it was great. Vince Vaughn plays the uh, the serial killer that switches bodies. Um, and his performance as the, <laughs> as the teenage girl was, I loved it. I'm like, I, yes, I, you've been gone from my eye for so long. And this this has been great. This is a great coming home. I love this. Yeah, it was great. And and it was a solid slasher that was also so funny and so heartfelt. And I think I can't recommend it enough. I don't want to say anything more because I don't want to spoil it. And if you live near a drive-in, go see it. I mean, it's a, it's a drive-in movie. Absolutely. There's scenes in it that I was I was so happy we're in a drive-in so I could yell in my car and go, oh, no. <laughs> you know? uh, so it was really fun. And if you don't live in a drive-in, don't worry. It comes to on video demand. And on November 30th. So you just have a, just a little while wait, but you can watch it. I highly recommend it. I thought it was so fun. I even, my partner went with me too, and she does not like horror movies and she loved it too. She thought it was, well, thought it was a great time. Nice. I don't know what it is. I've actually never been to a drive-in movie theater. It is on my list. I was even like talking to people about going to one this year. Cause mm-hmm. like you said, great time to go to a drive-in movie theater yeah, right now. Best time. Yep. Um, but I've never been to one, but something I don't know. I don't I don't know why this is, but something about drive-in movie theaters feels spooky to me. Definitely. I mean, they they got the classic double feature, you know, history to them. Yeah, and that, yeah. And you get their drive-in movies. Horror and drive-ins have always been kind of synonymous. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's probably it. But I I think of drive-ins like I think like fall time or like yeah. late summer. I think of horror. I think of kind of spooky vibes when i think of drive-ins and i i mean it was a perfect place to see it because i this is this is the second time we went to the drive-in the first time we went and saw tenet which was fine um <laughs> and uh <laughs> well that's how you really feel right <laughs> it, was, it was fine um <laughs> and then i saw this and this was great and i think it's it's the kind of movie you know like this was meant to be seen kind of in a drive-in i feel you know mm-hmm. this gnarly hijinks darkly funny movie you know that i that we could put our feet up on a car and yell and laugh and have fun with it you know big fan i loved it i can't wait to go back nice so yeah i did that that was fun what else what else what else else? else? i got a little remember this is just a check-in from a few weeks ago when i said (laughs) i was playing that spooky video game uh visage um that was uh, the 90s murder house my nightmare if that any rings in a bell (laughs) anyway i got a little bit further into it and uh can confirm uh, it's still it's still my nightmare and it's uh, upsetting. <laughs> still <laughs> um, pretty freaky. <laughs> still pretty freaky, and so um, I didn't get too much further because I, I I love playing horror video games. I think it's it's such a fun uh, medium because you're in you're in command. You know you're controlling the narrative as you're going through it. And most of the time, I have no problem. It's not that scary, but this one this one's getting to me. It's very spooky. So <laughs> anyway, I know you are all wondering, especially you. So I I just wanted to check in and say yeah i'm still very scared of <laughs> still very scared of that video game <laughs> still still traumatized by 90s murder scenes yes well should we should we dive into today's topic yeah we got we got a fun little brief history for you just a fun one just a fun little brief history um <laughs> we're gonna do just kind of a quick little dive into werewolves werewolves what are they about how'd that happen well we're gonna get into it but first we want to give a quick message from our lovely sponsors 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we've returned from that message from our sponsors who, that well, the message is from us because that's that's our only ad right now. <laughs> it's from us in the past. Thanking you in the present. Also, quick shout out to our monthly supporters. We have another new supporter, my dear friend, Aaron. Hey, uh, thank you, Aaron. Aaron is a friend of mine from high school, and he's actually going to come on the show at some point. And he's just been like an awesome supporter all along. He's like really excited about the show and gives us shouts out. And then he became a monthly supporter, uh, you know, financially, which we very much appreciate. So, uh, yeah. Aaron, thank you so much. Very much appreciate you. And we're excited to have you on to talk about spooky batman and stuff oh, i'm always down to talk about batman yes please and then also just another shout out to jody jennifer and erica our other monthly supporters we love you we appreciate you <laughs> and if you're interested in becoming a supporter to keep happy harvest horror show rolling all through the year you can head over to anchor.fm slash HHHS slash support. You did it. You got it. Great I job. Know. did my homework. <laughs> head over to that link. Um, it's also linked in the show notes. And they make it super easy to just, you know, toss us your pennies if that is something that you'd like to do. And we yes. really appreciate it. Yes, We're just please. a couple of indie podcasters over here trying to make a buck, you know? Listen, we're just doing our best here, all right? <laughs> And today, we're going to do our best to give you a brief history of werewolves. Okay. Well, where should we start? Okay. So, I mean, maybe maybe let's just start with a general kind of profile of what we think of when we think of werewolves. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> like a Rorschach test, sort of like, <laughs> what do you... <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> when I say werewolf, what is the first word that comes to your mind? <laughs> I guess I mean more like the things that in our contemporary collective consciousness, what we associate with werewolves. Okay, so like yeah. a werewolf obviously is some kind of wolf-human hybrid monster, typically a human that turns into a werewolf mm -hmm. or turns into a wolf creature right i think a lot of us know about like the silver bullet the idea that the only way to kill a werewolf is a, a silver bullet yeah. to the heart yep yep big one full moon full moon yep turns into it turns into clothes. a werewolf mm -hmm. yep oh it just rips it off it's frenzy a full moon. wolf state Mm. I am a wolf now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and also, I think um, just a common thing is is to become a werewolf, often we think one has to be bitten by another werewolf. It's true. Very similar to vampirism. Yeah, um, I've got a lot to say about the similarities between werewolves and There vampires. are quite a few, which if you stop and think about, 
even in like Dracula, he was kind of both at times. So yeah, we'll talk about it. So those are some of the like main kind of concepts or, or symbols that come to mind when thinking about werewolves. Werewolves and like werewolf-like creatures exist in folklore all around the world since the beginning of time, but in a like in a broader sense. So typically like a shapeshifter human Mm -hmm. to some kind of animal creature exists in cultures all over the world. There are lots of cultures that connect to the wolf, but there are also plenty of cultures where like wolves aren't part of their natural habitat. So it's some other uh, monstrous animal, you know, carnivorous animal that kind of, takes this on for this episode uh like we said it's brief history of werewolves so we're just going to stick to that we're not going to dive into the bigger world of shapeshifters because that's like a whole other bag of worms that's a whole thing so we're going to try and keep it you know more specifically to werewolves let's see so most resources that i found anyway point to the first a werewolf in uh, the Epic of Gilgamesh, mm-hmm. which, if you are unfamiliar, is an epic poem circa roughly 2100 BCE. So we're talking like 4,000 years ago. And it's one of the earliest written texts on record. Yeah. It's an old book. It's an old story. It's old. It's real old. And in the story, Ishtar turns a shepherd into a wolf. So we have like a man being turned into a wolf. It is in a, I don't know, maybe malicious sense. Like it's like a punishment type thing Mm -hmm. that the shepherd is being turned into a wolf, which is also a theme that you see in, in some werewolf folklore and not so much in others. But that is is what gets point pointed to as the earliest example of a werewolf. Yeah. And he also showed up in he, the singular werewolf. The werewolves <laughs> the also one were- <laughs> the one werewolf that lives inside us all. Bouncing through time. <laughs> it's our collective werewolf. They also showed up in Greek mythology with the legend of Lycaon. Is that how you say it? Like like Lycaon? Like oh, that's uh, that is a question. I don't know that I have the right answer. I've heard like Lycaon, Lycaon. I think Lycaon sounds closer to the mark just based on, we call them lichens, you know, lycan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to say that's how you say it. Deal. With my. Sounds good to me. (laughs) With my PhD and not this. Getting back to the legend itself, according to this legend, like Aeon, he was the son of pa- Palacis. My gosh, Palag. Hmm. Man, I really should get a, should have gotten a PhD in Greek mythology before I started this. <laughs> but anyway, he angered the god Zeus when he served a meal made of the remains of a sacrificed boy to Zeus. Mm-hmm. And Zeus was not happy about that. And so as a punishment, he turned like Aeon and his sons into wolves. Mm-hmm. And that sounds like a werewolf to me. Yep. There's lots of art about it. So check that out. If you're looking for some wolf art. <laughs> Always. <laughs> <laughs> Just walking into the map. Yeah, where's your wolf art? <laughs> I, uh, I'd like to see some wolves, please. <laughs> yeah, these old pots are cool, but where are the wolves? <laughs> 
Oh, man. It's <laughs> uh, great. I also imagine that person is wearing one of those um, like T-shirts that you buy at like a gas station with like the wolf like howling at the moon. <laughs> yeah, like the, three, like the Walmart shirts, right? The three yeah, howling yep. at the moon. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, I love it. man. Yeah. And so it, it also shows up in Nordic folklore and this is interesting because it, it shows up in a, a few different ways one it, it came from the saga of the volsungs and by the way just giving credit where it's due this is i'm getting this from history.com a quick overview of uh, werewolf and in the saga of the volsungs it tells a story of a father and a son who discovered wolf pelts and these pelts would turn people into wolves for 10 days when they donned these these wolf pelts, they would go on these killing rampages and until eventually the rampage ended when the father attacked his son, causing a lethal wound. And the son only survived because of a rare, because of a kind of raven that gave the father a leaf with healing powers. So it shows up in that way. And it also shows up, you mentioned that metamorphosis, we're not going to get into that too much, but in kind of Viking history, there's mm-hmm. berserkers. Yes, which is a great word. Great <laughs> word. And they were they were warriors that were in this kind of a frenzied rage state, you know, and they would wear animal pelts and they would, they would commit acts that a sane mind normally would not think of, is what <laughs> someone I, I read somewhere that that's how they put it. And this kind of goes into that metamorphosis idea. If you want to, uh, we, we could probably have a whole episode on just metamorphosis in general and body horror one day but that's it's been attributed to that kind of state a wolf-like state the rage and the violence that man is capable of that they normally Mm -hmm. wouldn't it it's also attributed to the werewolf lore that these the normal by day but at at midnight you know the moon shines he turns into a carnivorous animal animal And this, you're touching on something very big when it comes to werewolves, but also when it just comes to monster, like monster theory. I also want to do an episode where we kind of dive into just the concepts of monster theory. It's like a whole academic discipline. It's very interesting. Mm -hmm. But essentially, with the werewolf and in a lot of monsters, especially monsters that have shown up in folklore, throughout history Mm -hmm. what you're dealing with is kind of fear of the monster within oneself a lot of the time and with the werewolf specifically think more like fear of one's animalistic tendencies right like a human is an animal and we all have those like animal urges so the werewolf is kind of a expression of a fear of those more animalistic drives within us. And so going back to what you said about like the berserkers, like, yeah, that, I mean, basically they were just letting out all of that animal nature in a very uh, literal way. But like, that sounds like a werewolf to me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like, like literally wearing animal skins, like you're creating a hybrid creature and you're letting out all of these like animal tendencies to the point that you're actually more aggressive than an actual wolf. Right. Which is another thing that's interesting about the werewolf. Yeah. Wolves are much killer than, than yeah. <laughs> an actual werewolf. Exactly. Wolves, wolves aren't really like trying to fuck with you m- most of the time, unless they're like super hungry or something like wolves are, you know, lone wolves. They like want to kind of do their own thing, but a werewolf a werewolf is there to fuck shit up, you know, like, so, so it's kind of an interesting combination almost of the wolf as this kind of frightening carnivorous animal. And then a human 
separate, not super scary, but then together, like those those energies combined. Oh. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! 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 <laughs> and this also connects to in a lot of folklore, a human would be turned into a werewolf either from being bitten. Or just as the result of bad behavior. So it was like a, a form of punishment, basically. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of times this punishment was related to like sexual excess, right? Mm-hmm. So once again, you're going to like animalistic desires and needs, right? Only right. only the punishment for it is is now you are this monster. Yeah, and so ultimately there's this fear of giving over to the animal within. Interestingly, too, I found that there are some stories where the man or the... It's typically a man in a lot of these stories um, in a lot of the classic folklore, but not always. There are stories where the individual actually recovers from being a werewolf after a period of seven to nine years. Yeah, you just got to wait it out, you know? (laughs) Just do your due diligence. Time heals all werewolf nights. (laughs) So I thought that was interesting. Like, you just wake up one day and you're not a werewolf anymore. You just got to live it, live it out. (laughs) Just got to sweat it out like a fever. (laughs) And then on the other kind of side of the coin there are folk tales where becoming a werewolf is actually a gift and it's a power Mm -hmm. and and typically in these tales the human has the ability to change back and forth as he pleases Mm -hmm. so it's it's like i can i can use this this skill i can use this to my benefit when i need it it's a much more yeah beneficial and kind of controlled Mm -hmm. state of being a werewolf which is another interesting thing about the werewolf, right? Is the the moment you kind of brought it up at the at the very beginning, that moment of like transformation, where it is often portrayed as just uncontrollable, like chaos, you know, clothes ripping, like yeah, it's it's never usually a chill transformation between uh, human to wolf, right? It's uh, it's usually like a pretty violent act. Like I think of mm-hmm. instances in movies where it's happened. I think of like Trick or Treat or American Werewolf in London or others. Like, I mean, it's like a very painful sort of like metamorphosis. Uh, it's not like a, hey, I'm going to blink and I'm a wolf now. Yeah, exactly. And that's, you know, that's part of the drama. That's part of the drama of the tale. Another one I wanted to bring up, which I've, I literally have never put this together or really thought about it, which is interesting because like I actually um, in grad school, I was a TA for a English course on fairy tales. So it was all about cool. Yeah, it was cool. It was all about really diving deep into, you know, the classic fairy tales, lots Mm -hmm. of Grimm's brothers, like stuff like that. You about to talk about Red Riding Hood? Of course. (laughs) I like, I, I never really, thought about that though but the wolf in red riding hood is 100% a werewolf like it can yeah. talk and like <laughs> like it's not a regular wolf like it's definitely a werewolf and it's not even a regular werewolf he's wearing grandma's clothes laying I in her know. bed what's that about doing straight up mind games with this little girl <laughs> like i yeah i just never would have thought of that as a werewolf tale but it it definitely is and there's also another folkloric you know werewolf tale that involves a 
man transforming into a werewolf and then something about his wife and she's also wearing red. So there's like a, a thread through the, the folklore yeah. there. I wonder if there's a connection. I'm just, I'm, I'm spitballing here. I don't know if there is at all, but you know, when you're really angry and people are always like, Oh, he was so mad. He was seeing red, you know, mm-hmm. that I wonder if that's a connection to, uh, cause I mean, red is a passionate color, right? And so yes, yes. having that color being a lure for, um, werewolves is it tracks. I feel. Yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, I think, I think red inherently, represents yeah violence blood passion like all things that you can you can associate with the werewolf for sure these are the things we think of let's see also i don't even think i mean you you might have mentioned it briefly but we have to talk about this this word that i love lycanthropy Mm-hmm. Is is the word for for werewolfism like the disease, the the, the diagnosis, yeah, the, the the affliction, the experience of being a werewolf. The whole is, package is called lycanthropy, which I I just think is a really cool word. And then yeah, it has over time become associated with an actual uh, diagnosis, mental diagnosis in which an individual believes themselves to be a werewolf. Mm-hmm. And this is something that has has been incredibly common, especially in certain parts of history. So in France, between 1520 and 1630, there were more than 30,000 recorded cases of people who claimed to be or appeared to be werewolves. Damn. Right. That's a few. <laughs> That's a few. That's a handful. And enough that it's an actual diagnosis now that like So I got a lot of my information from just a really great article from howstuffworks.com. So you can head over there for all the details. But they actually in the article talk about the different like hypotheses as to as to why this happened, like why so many people were recorded to be werewolves. Mm -hmm. A few different things. There is uh, something called hypertrichosis, which is a genetic disorder that's linked to the X chromosome that can cause people to grow very thick hair over their faces and bodies. Mm -hmm. They don't really have any reason to believe that like it was super widespread at the time, but like it is a thing that happens. So that could be one reason back in the 1500s, someone might be considered a werewolf. Also, everyone's favorite psychedelic poisoning, ergot poisoning. It is a fungus that infests grains and it can cause hallucinations and a lot of really bad stuff. And it has been linked. It's been linked to a lot of things. Like people have used it to suggest that it was the cause of the Salem witch trials. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah, and then also, like, if you're familiar with the work of uh, Hieronymus Bosch at all, very, very trippy artist in the Renaissance, mm-hmm. uh, way ahead of his time. Some people think maybe he ha- he got some ergot in his system, and that's why his stuff's so trippy. So it's just, I feel like ergot poisoning gets kind of, like, thrown in there. It's like, well, maybe this is what was going on. Maybe everyone was eating infested barley and wheat, and it was causing, you know, them to see things and think things. Right 
possibly a rabies epidemic may have caused wolves and dogs to bite humans who would then have exhibited werewolf-like tendencies. Mm -hmm. Wolf hybrids. So basically, as I mentioned before, wolves don't typically attack people unless they're being provoked or, you know, super hungry or something. But a hybrid of a wolf and a dog may be more aggressive and attack people. So that could make people think that they're werewolves. That's so funny you say that because I actually now live with a giant half, not half, he's 12% wolf. It's a big dog. I Uh, know. He's so cute. I love him. He's so cute. And so everything you're describing is not Denali at all. He is the sweetest. (laughs) Loves people. Would never eat a person. He would never do it. But if he would, it would be fun. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of wolf hybrids, like I really, really want a husky someday. I love those those wolfy wolfy dogs. <laughs> oh, they're big, they're big boys. They're big boys everywhere, though. I mean, yeah, everywhere. they do. And they're so they're so whiny too. Have you ever heard a uh, husky just whine? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> so big, little whine. <laughs> but anyways, werewolves. Werewolves, and then also, and this is this I think was maybe the most fascinating part of this research. So there was at this time a collective hysteria that went on basically right alongside of the the witch hunts of the 16th century. There were also werewolf hunts. Hmm. And werewolfism was very much in line with what was happening with the witch hunts similar to witches werewolves could be associated with this idea of like making a deal with the devil Mm -hmm. so it was seen as something evil in that sense and so similar yeah similar to you know much smaller numbers but but people were were put to death people were burned at the stake for being werewolves in the 1600s yeah i can't remember I'm going through my notes right here, trying to figure out where I read it, but I did I did see that werewolves or wolves were known as the kin of witches too. That they, mm-hmm. so that goes a lot right along with what you're saying of making deals with the devil. Interestingly, too, because if you know anything about witch hunts, like you know that it was a, a pretty awful, gruesome thing that mm-hmm. these people were put through. Similar with werewolf hunting, the common belief at the time was that werewolves turned their skin inside out to return to human form. So one interrogation Ugh. practice involved cutting and pulling back a person's skin to see if there was fur underneath. Yikes. Yeah, dude. Crazy, crazy shit. I mean, you can just look in history. History is going to have gnarlier things than you'll ever find in a horror movie. You know? Oh, oh it's the fucking worst. Oh, I, my like, gosh. I, as, a, as a historian, I like, I don't. I don't know how I stay sane some of the time. Like, like when you really dive into history, you're just like, we are trash. Like, we are just <laughs> listen trash. I, I've done the research. I read the notes. Uh, <laughs> the verdict is out. We're trash. We're just trash people. Like, <laughs> uh, history, man. It it's rough. Yeah. It is rough at times. Um, and yeah, werewolf hunts of the of the 1600s. Just another example. There are also just a couple of specific stories. Let's see. So this is coming from the How Stuff Works article. Right. In 1573, an alleged werewolf, Giles Garnier, was burned at the stake. 
1589, a man known as Stube Peter or Peter Stube was Mm -hmm. executed near Cologne, Germany for cannibalism and multiple murders. He claimed he had a belt that allowed him to become a werewolf and then he would eat people. What a belt. I know, right? And then in 1603, a young man named Jean Grenier or Grenier uh, claimed responsibility for a series of murders and disappearances, saying he had a skin that let him become a wolf. Yeah. A court determined that he was insane and confined him to a monastery. So these are also, you know, examples of, you know, lycanthropism mm-hmm. where people that are clearly experiencing some kind of disturbance, believe themselves to be werewolves. Right. Uh-huh. I've heard it pronounced lycanthropy too. So who knows? I mean, it could be anything. I don't know. I didn't get the PhD, but I also. <laughs> A PhD in werewolves. <laughs> I'd do it, man. I'd be, I'd, I'd do all the research. I'm a, I'm a doctor of werewolves. <laughs> right. But we're also touching on something too. Just worth noting, I think, in that cannibalism is all very tied to werewolves. Yes. And that we don't yes. you know, just kind of like where the the little red riding hood story you would normally think right away like oh yeah that's what they're doing they're eating people because you're like no they're a wolf the wolf is eating people you know it's not a human eating the person it, you know, by that same logic it is the person and the wolf mm-hmm. they're the same thing anyway what i'm getting at is that yes this this shows up a lot and especially this peter strube historical character you just mentioned he confessed under torture to killing animals men women and children and eat ate all their remains Ooh. So, yeah, that's that's that's, <laughs> so uh, that, uh, that's what that is. And that happened. That <laughs> happened, and that's what we call cannibalism. Um, yeah, and that's also something that is connected to many different monsters throughout history, many different creatures, many different shape-shifting creatures. And it, it interestingly, I think, does tie back to that, you know, that animal-like nature, like, mm-hmm. you yep. know, the desire to eat flesh. Like, <laughs> maybe, maybe in one psyche, you can justify that a little more, you know, if you're a, a bestial, monstrous creature. It gives you permission, you know? Yeah, Suddenly it's yeah. okay. Are we ready to maybe move into a comparison with vampires? I'm so happy you brought this up. Yes, yes, because there is a lot. And and found in the most famous vampire book, Dracula, where he himself displayed um, characteristics of both werewolves and vampires. But we really only recognize him for the vampire. Um, yes. But let's get into it. I mean, my biggest thing, I mean, obviously, there's that connection between like a vampire has to be bitten by a vampire. A werewolf, werewolf has, has to, to be bitten, be yeah, bitten by mm-hmm. a werewolf. I also feel like werewolves have undergone a similar evolution in the sense that there's always been a sexual element attached to werewolves the same way there's always been something yeah. sexual about vampires. But over time, the portrayals of both vampires and werewolves up to you know modern day contemporary times have gotten like really hot like it just went yeah. like full werewolves and vampires are sexy like that's like a must at this point in, in different time. degrees too right you got yeah got vampires are more seducing manipulating all that whereas werewolves are straight up carnal you know yes um, yes so yeah your werewolf is is it tends to be that like big masculine type that's the type of 
energy that a werewolf is giving off. Even in, you know, there are some contemporary examples of in in movies and books of werewolves that are that are women. Mm-hmm. And even then, there's still that's still the energy, right? Just like ferocious. That's, yeah. yeah, ferocious, you know, masculine. It's a masculine energy. It's it's that more animalistic, you know, strong like type of type of hot. <laughs> yeah. Where whereas the vampire type of hot exactly is like, you know, the exact opposite, you know, it's very very controlled. Right. Very very manipulative type of sexy. Right. Yeah. And the, the the comparisons continue with like I guess they both happen at night, you know, one's a full mm. moon and one they can't come out during the day. There's I thought this was as we were talking earlier, what like what do we think about with werewolves? And it made me think like it's kind of strange that with both werewolves and vampires, like the first things when you say that, one of the first things you think about is like, oh well, I know how to kill them, you know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Well, I know how to get rid of yeah. one. <laughs> like, I don't know too much about them, but I know silver bullet, wooden stake. I, that's how. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the two things I carry with me at all times. That should just bad do it, and I don't need to know no more. <laughs> that's all I need. <laughs> so, I just think that's funny that, like, in our pop culture knowledge of these, you know, figures, that's not really the case with other famous monsters. It's really just kind of these two categories that it's like, yeah, yeah that's what they are. And the first thing you got to know about them, and this is how you kill them, you know? <laughs> this yeah, is, yeah. So I thought that was interesting. But, but yeah, like I mentioned Dracula in the book himself. I mean, he takes the shape of a wolf. Earlier in the book, he has uh, a wolf escaped London Zoo to do his bidding. And he even named the wolf Berserker or Bram Stoker named it Dracula. Didn't. And uh, when he hears the wolves howling, Dracula says, you know, uh, listen to them, the children of the night, what music they make. And when he dis- when he gets off the ship, the Demeter, because he's coming from Transylvania to England, uh, when the ship pulls off, he takes the form of a an immense dog or a wolf under disguise to get to uh, his new location. So, I mean, he himself is is doing these shape shifting characteristics in addition to being this vampire. But I always I always feel like that stuff gets glossed over in tellings of <laughs> Dracula. Like, yeah, he's a vampire. No, I I I feel like that's super important because. I don't know. Like, that's just not something we see super often. Like in a lot of contemporary examples, you know, you have like the vampire and the werewolf, you know, yeah, they're the very two separate very things. dueling things. Enemies yeah. in, in the underworld movies. Yeah. Yeah. But they're, they're different, you know, they're different clans, like they're different, different groups of people. And so, yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting that Dracula, one of the the quintessential vampires, was he was actually both. He was he was a werewolf too. Listen, he was know? both. All right, <laughs> we don't discriminate. He was all of it. I, I also, in terms of just the mythology involving werewolves, the history of werewolves, and then all you know connections to contemporary werewolves. An interesting bit about some some contemporary werewolves uh, from the from the Twilight franchise oh yeah which, jacob which is another you know great example of the dueling vampire v werewolf uh situation right i actually learned this a while ago and it's really important to point out and also very interesting so in twilight the uh cool tribe they become werewolves right and in reality, the the cool you tribe is the actual tribe native to La Push, Washington. Mm-hmm. 
not fictionalized. And the wolf is actually central to this tribe's identity. Mm. And the Kuyute origin story speaks of a shapeshifter changer who turned a pair of wolves into humans. So there is there is actual, you know, historical basis for that concept in the films. Neat. I think you can dive pretty deep into the ways in which it can be problematic and then the ways in which, you know, it's actually doing a story justice. But um, I thought that was just that was really interesting that that was actually part of, you know, their lore as a tribe. But also it's important to note that there is no no mention of vampires or vampirism in cool tradition or or origin stories so that is entirely fictionalized <laughs> twilight is fake uh, twilight in case you didn't know twilight's fake <laughs> it's fiction it didn't happen we made it up and and i i believe there are several you know several native american tales of of werewolves or werewolf like creatures once again that kind of blurred line between like werewolf shapeshifter you know right hybrid animal human type situation yeah. Yeah. And he also shows up and I mean, we can skip forward a little bit into, I guess, current day or when we think of werewolves. I mean, we're not usually thinking of Gilgamesh and the Greeks. We're thinking of like universal monsters, the Wolfman, or I mean, what do you think of when you think of pop culture werewolf? What do you think of? Uh, Twilight. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. I mean, that's, that's what we're talking uh, Yeah. I think, I think about Jacob also teen wolf. <laughs> yeah. Think about Silver Bullet, Stephen King's Silver Bullet movie. Mm. Or an American Werewolf in London. I feel like that's really oh, the yeah. thing I think of. Werewolf in London. Ow! Uh, this has been on my list that I still have not seen. I know all about this movie, but I, it's a, a mark of shame. I have not seen it, but Ginger Snaps. Have you seen Ginger Snaps? I have not. Ginger Snaps is all about two sisters in this suburban town. And on the night of Ginger, the main heroine, on her night of her first period, she's savagely attacked by a creature and she becomes a werewolf. And it's very much getting into what we're talking about, becomes this carnal sort of person Mm -hmm. versus who she was before. And a lot of people I've talked to really think this is a great movie. So I... I need to see it. So Ginger Snaps, that's a werewolf movie, American Werewolf. Um, there's a movie that just came out like a few, like a month ago called The Wolf of Snow Hollow that I really want to see. So if you're looking for a brand new werewolf movie, you can join me in checking that one out. But yeah, I, I think of the Universal Monster movies like The Wolfman, The Werewolf of London, mm-hmm. um, all that played by Lon Chaney Jr., Oh, also, a brief mention. Did you end up watching that new Adam Sandler movie, that Halloween movie? Like Herbie or Hubie Halloween? Hubie Halloween. I missed it. I heard it was I heard it wasn't very good. I'm gonna save it for when I need it. (laughs) Yeah, when I just need a really just a saturated Halloween movie. Yeah, it's you know, I wasn't expecting much at all, but I was kind of hoping we'd get like a uh uh, a Eurovision song contest situation where like it ended up being really great, you know? <laughs> right. Right. But sadly it wasn't for, for all of our listeners out there. Um, if you, if you haven't watched it, Brian and I were both obsessed with Eurovision song contest. Um, <laughs> Listen, it was a dark year. And when that came out, it was, 
It was an antidote, all right? It really was. It made me cry. I did not expect the new Will Ferrell movie to make me cry multiple times. Like, it's a good movie. People I talk to either don't like it, think it was okay, or loved it. And yeah. I, we're very much in the camp that loved it. So <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it does. <laughs> so I was I was hoping that that was the situation. It wasn't. In my opinion, I I did not care for it. However, the saving grace, and I, and I won't give away too much. It does involve Steve Buscemi as a werewolf. Oh, my gosh. Now I have to see it. Yeah, which was probably my favorite part maybe the only part i really liked <laughs> okay i heard that i mean it was filmed in salem i heard all the mm-hmm. halloween you know production value is really cool and so yeah yeah no it's got big halloween energy for sure and that's what we're all about so i think i'll, I'll watch it just for that yeah yeah and so you can appreciate that i think that's also why i like wanted it to be better though in terms of sure. like you know stories and like the storyline, I didn't think it was that great. The jokes aren't that great, in my opinion. But yes, it's got big Halloween energy for sure. Gotcha. Yes, I just wanted to bring up Buscemi as <laughs> <Always>. a werewolf. <laughs> I, I mean, I mentioned earlier, I think one of my favorite instances of werewolves, what I think of, is from Trick or Treat, the segment with Anna Paquin. And um, have you seen Trick or Treat? I talk about it like every five minutes, <laughs> I feel like. But I don't know if you still have seen it or not. I don't think I have seen the whole thing. Well, and I get need to. There's a great. I know. She's, uh, I mean, um, I don't want to spoil it. She is part of a werewolf segment because it's like an anthology movie. And their werewolf segment is very, very fun. So, yeah, I guess this was our kind of take on a brief history of werewolves. Uh, if we'd missed brief. your favorite werewolf, go ahead and yell at us on <laughs> Happy Harvest Horror Show at gmail.com. You have to yell, though. It needs to be in all caps. Caps or I won't <laughs> read it. <laughs> um also i just wanted to give a quick shout out this is like just a, a connection i made not necessarily about werewolves but it's one of my all-time favorite books and it's 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 connected to wolf nature and and wolf as symbol and it's a very it's a very spiritual book that dives into story and womanhood called Women Who Run with the Wolves by Clarissa Pinkola. Oh yeah. Pinkola Estes. I know about that book. It's so good. It's one of my favorite books in the world. And it's just, it's a gift that keeps on giving. Like you're always going to find something in that book. It's just a really powerful piece of literature. And yeah, so you've got kind of connection to wolves, wolf spirit there. So if you're looking for something more along those lines, check that out. Well, how about it? There is our, uh, our little overview on werewolves. Yeah, just brief history for you. Yeah, let us know if you if you have more information on different different tales from from wherever about uh, werewolves, different folklore. <laughs> wherever the the werewolf is all over is all over the place. So I'd like to hear. I know there are many many more examples than what we mentioned here. Yeah, I mean they're also in like yeah they're everywhere. Not even just in horror like like Harry Potter. We got Lupin. Oh um, yeah got- yeah yeah yeah. They're everywhere. So yeah, let us know your favorite werewolves or anything else you want to talk about. If you just want to say hi, uh, head over to <laughs> Happy Harvest Horror Show at gmail.com or Happy Harvest Horror Show on Instagram. Yeah, I don't have anything else to say, I don't think. <laughs> that should just about do it. Keep staying spooky. Stay spooky. We'll see you next week. Bye. <laughs>